0: Welcome back to Backward Point. This is a cricket podcast. My name is Bashar and with me as always is my brother and co-host. And undefeated in the last five
1: ODIs, Nazar Sayed. You're saying as if you're the one that's playing. Am I not? Like Pakistan is representing Pakistanis all over the world. So if Pakistan is undefeated in the last five ODIs and what, eight wins in the last 13 ODIs, something like that, then I take credit. What do you mean?
0: FYI, my boy's birthday is 14th August you know that one more day ahead and i would have disowned him
1: and you know one something fyi if janejo's birthday is 6th september which is defense day damn so like you know so we got the, pull the up country, country and, and the <laughs> defense
0: bro pull up on your legacy. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the first time we're on camera with mike flags so please go ahead and try and um clip know, us clip us we, we have credits here shout out to amin rizvi and his company for um Making these mic flags for us. If
1: you're doing shoutouts, can I just quickly shout out your boy Hassam and my boy Hassam now? Yeah, he gave me a quick haircut last night when I needed one, and otherwise I was looking like one of those you know, how Indians call uh, Pakistanis atangwadi's. I was looking like one of those. Nice, and okay. I, you know, full full respect to Hassam for showing up and doing that. Shout podcast, outs, bro.
0: shout outs. Uh, let's
1: get into the match. Uh, Before today. that, how was yeah. Chicago? Chicago was fans good. want to know, man. Fans <laughs> want to know Fox India game, and we're doing it remotely through uh, Riverside where were you how was your trip quick 30 seconds let's man go. it was hectic
0: yeah. uh so i was on a trip with the boys uh in chicago and i when i was planning the trip i first checked pakistan schedule and i realized that uh the india versus pakistan match is on that weekend that exactly. I'm exactly and um it was just so stressful because traveling from toronto to chicago it's like eight hours and then the games at 5 30 in the morning you're you're driving you got to wake up in the morning, you got to watch the match in order to speak on the podcast. And then just watching the match to recording the podcast, super hectic. Yeah. On Did your first time feel like the podcast has become a job? Yeah, but it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's fun, but also I want to be informed. I want to be knowledgeable about the yeah. match. So you just can't just sit here and be like, okay, I, I read this stuff off Kirk info. This is what I think. You had to watch that spell from Shaheen in order to really speak about it um but again it's just it's fun it's we've been doing it for fun but now we have an audience so there is a bit of added pressure um because the more people that are watching the more criticism the more critique and the more people get stringent on every single thing you say
1: yeah you have to be a lot more accurate than you know if, if we were just talking off the cuff um on our dinner table like you have to know your facts you have to know how certain players names are performed uh certain players names are pronounced uh, there's a really fun bit going on uh, on the grid, cricketer, where they apparently took Nepal's name wrong. Like they called it Nepal instead of Nepal, which is how we pronounce it. So they've just been going off on that. And, like that's sort of the pressure that you have to deal with when you start to like make it big, quote unquote, because you know we do have now 12,000 people subscribed on our YouTube, about 15,000 on Instagram, of I don't know 10,000 on TikTok. Like it's crazy, right? And so people are. Thousands of people are literally like tuning in to make sure that you're you're okay. So there is added pressure. That's why uh, one of the things that people kind of uh, buzz us off on is why our, our episodes are a little bit late. Like the game ended about 10 hours ago and, and our episode is just getting like recorded. and It's going to come out in the next few hours. But that's because we're trying to make sure that it's accurate. Our Our opinions are set in. It's not off the cuff. It's not emotional. Like Bashar always has notes ready. To pull stuff out of. Um, so like that's why it takes a little bit longer. But it's always a bit more fresh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Uh, so today was the first game of the Super 4 stage. Pakistan versus Bangladesh. Always a good match. The boys were back in Lahore today. You know, there's something to be said about them being in Mildan. To Palakile. To Lahore. And now back to Colombo. Different discussion. Very, very pissed about the whole scheduling of everything. I think and, we've discussed this quite. we discussed this. But it's just... It pisses me off because now I can see how tired the guys are. And I was just, Imam Al Haq had a cryptic story that he posted on Instagram. Not, where it, was, it was
1: not cryptic at all. I think. And he, was, um, he was saying exactly what he felt, which was like, bro, what is this? Same thing. It was, it was just, it's just crazy. It's a lot of fatigue. Um,
0: so Bangladesh wins a the toss. They elect to bat first. Uh, Lahore's pitch is typically like a batting wicket. So you, you expect to score like 270, 280, 300 maybe. Yeah. But they're against Pakistan's bowling lineup. Nassim strike through, early breakthroughs there. Haris Rove comes in, provides us with uh, another early breakthrough, which is his 50th ODI wicket. Uh, he joins an elite list of becoming the fourth fastest to that milestone from Pakistan. Now, the reason why I say it's an elite list is because it's Hassan Ali, I believe it's Shaheen Afridi, Wakar Yunus, and then Haris Rove.
1: Wakar Yunus and Haris Rove were tied for 27 games. Yeah.
0: So um, it's just, that's a good list to, to be on. Uh, if you're starting off as a cricketer, um, really good signs for highest trophies become a a wicket taker in the middle of it. sort of like what Hasan was doing back with us in the Champions Trophy in 2017. Um, sad that he was the fastest 50th, then he sort of just fell off and never became the ball that he was supposed to be.
1: Was he not the player of the tournament in the Champions Trophy 2017? He was. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like just thinking about that is insane. Yeah, because he's like currently nowhere to be seen. He's 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 tweeting. Funny things at Shadab, but that's about it from yeah. him right now, which is insane. Like you know, a lot of things to attribute to that fall. It could be because selectors moved on. It could be because his own fitness wasn't really helping him out. Uh, could he, just he was out
0: of form. Like the out whole of form out of twenty twenty one t twenty World Cup, he just wasn't there. Like bowling even no though, balls wides. Even though Bobber was pulling through for him, exactly. And then that drop catch with, with Matthew Wade. Um, I've heard him talk about in interviews how. Everywhere he goes, people keep bringing that drop catch-up, which I think is so toxic for fans. I know it's traumatizing. And just on that same note, said Ajmal often says that he was the number one bowler in the world for like a period of three years, which is insane. But people who meet him still talk about that overheat he bowled against Michael Hussey in the 2010 T20 World Cup final. Yeah, just sad, man. Like the, the man's career is over. He was a great bowler. We didn't know how great he was until he left. Um, but that's and- the
1: same thing. Like, do you think when people run into Rahat Ali, they say, yo, I love that spell you did against England and Dubai. No, they talk about that drop catch and Wahab Reha is only good fast bowling it spell. In vain. In vain. Literally in vain. But like, that's the one that people keep referring to when they see Rahat Ali. I'm 100% sure that's the legacy he's left behind. So it is it is it is sad in a way. Like, you know, uh, I think about uh, what ifs. You know, that was a section that we were going to do in our podcast eventually. Maybe on the Patreon, ha, 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 wink, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. Um, but we talk about what ifs, and I think about this all the time. Is like, what if Imran Khan had actually not won the 92 World Cup? What if he lost in the final? What happens then, right? So, like, legacy is a very weird and fickle thing, and uh, people shouldn't chase it because, you know, you never know what you leave behind. Chai Dafili statistically is the most mediocre Pakistani player ever. That's statistically true. I don't believe in that stat, even though, you know, numbers don't lie. But he is also, at the same time, the greatest legendary uh, superstar, almost, like, rock star-ish cricketer Pakistan has ever produced. And you still see that, those effects, now. Like, he gets sold for $100,000 in GT20 based on pure legacy and what he used to do. So, yeah, lots to say about that, for sure.
0: Uh, I think, uh, so it's good that Horace was on this list but I think a bowler that can actually break this record from Pakistan is Naseem Shah. He needs 18 wickets in the next uh, 10 ODIs to break Hassan Ali's w- record for the fastest. Very doable. ODI- Very doable. Very doable. Also with the form that he's in and his, even his current ODI stats are absolutely insane. I think he has 32 wickets in 13 matches. Wait, that's crazy. And he just started playing ODIs like last year. That's crazy.
1: If people sometimes, I sometimes forget how young Naseem is. And he's how 20 years is. old how early he is in his career right now. Like he's literally in the early days, but it's just the impact that he's had like right from the get go is that people think he's been there for years, but that's not true. Nassim was always that prodigy, you, right? Like you, <coughs> I heard
0: Nassim back from his under 16 days. There was always like clips of, of him bowling in like a domestic match or under 16 world cup. Um, And then he really came in the night limelight when he went to Australia uh, for that, for that tour that, you know, his mom passed away the night before his test debut so and he just balled heat in that match which is insane considering the loss he had but again that was just glimpses of what a baller he can be and like the only way from here for Nassim's up right he's only gonna get better only gonna get more fitter um more skillful more experienced um so so can't wait to see what he achieves by the end of his career in partnership with Nassim Shah sorry with Shaheen Shah um and then with the, the trio that we have going with Haris, Nassim, and Shaheen. Like, if if one doesn't get you, the other one will.
1: Yeah, and now I think we, we're forgetting the very most important person right now in this Pakistani cricket team. And it's not who you think it is. It's Rana Fahim Ashraf. <laughs> the trio, it, it's a its a quad, bro. It's a quad. It's a car now. Actually,
0: I forgot to mention that point. So the, the one change that Pakistan made going into this match was Mohammed Nawaz out, Rana Fahim Ashraf in, and that I feel like was a tactical decision just because, so firstly, the Pakistan team is being managed by Rihanul Haq and Hassan Chima, two guys who were with the Islamabad United team, helped them win two titles. They're very statistical based guys. They are all about matchups, stats, data. And I think they advised Babar Azam that, hey, listen, Bangladesh has, the, I think, four or five left-handers in their top seven it might be a better option to pay Fahim Ashraf over Mohamed Nawaz because Mohamed Nawaz is the left-arm spinner. The ball is going to spin into them. It might be easier to play. So it might be a better option to play Fahim Ashraf. Tactically,
1: so, they were right. Tactically, they were right. Fahim gets shock him.
0: He got, he got the big wicket today. But just generally speaking, I don't see Fahim as a threatening bowler. The, the, the third ODI he played against Afghanistan, he was bowling with a new ball, which didn't make sense to me because in an actual game, in a serious game, there's no way he's bowling ahead of Shaheen, Nasib or Harris And today he came on second change. He's more of a container and it begs the question, like, is Fahim our best or under Like, do we not have Wasim Jr.? Was he not a good option? He can ball good in the death. He has 10 more Ks on top of Fahim's pace. Um, so not sure if this is the combination they'll go with because going into the World Cup, a lot of teams are announcing their 15-man squad and Pakistan is also, I think, very close to so getting to their final 15. So it'll be a race to see who makes it. Is it Wasim Jr.? Is it Fahim? Um, but yeah, just I think decent addition um, to this, to the squad today because he got the main wicket of Shaqib. The other and more important point I wanted to get to was Pakistan had Bangladesh 47 for four at one point. Hmm. And they go on to make 194 runs. Now, if I just refresh your memory to the last match against India, we had India 67 for four and they went on to make 266. Now, this is a scary sign. It shows Pakistan's middle overs bowling is pretty straightforward. It's helpless. Teams are managing it. Nawaz and Chalab like stock bowlers. Chalab has not been at his best. Um, And it begs a question Is Pakistan missing a wicket taking baller in the middle overs? Maybe, maybe in the face of an Abrahamad.
1: But what I'm also concerned about is like, okay, Shadab and Nawaz are stock ballers, but Shadab has never been this bad. Like he is dropping his length, he's giving it short, he's giving it like right like super full. The ball's he's not letting the ball turn, and full tosses in the game against India. Like, okay, it was another thing to say that Shadab is bowling great, but they're just managing him well. That's not the case. So Shadab is not playing to his full potential for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's in his head. Maybe he's trying too hard. There's something going on with Shadab, which is letting him bowl very mediocre. Like, I'm genuinely surprised at the, some of the balls that he's bowling. And he's getting whipped. Like, Mushriko Rahim did not, had no, like, mercy for Shadab. Like, if the ball was in his slot, it was a little bit short. He was pulling it back. He was going for the four. On They sucked him a lot as well. Lots of sweeps. He just didn't have any answer for that. And that's shocking to me because there were, you, you forget, Shadab was the, was the bowler who in the Champions Trophy final against India had the galls to go to Safraz and be like, this ball hit the pad first, go for uh, a review. Even when Safraz was like shaky about it. And he got you, UV. That's the type of type of confidence he has, right? But he just seems lacklustered. Um, like there's no way they're dropping because Shalab. Like, Shalab is not being dropped, but I don't know. Somebody needs to talk to him, set him aside, give him a good like pep talk. Mickey Arthur, Bobby, whoever has to do that. Somebody has to go and speak to him because he is the VC. Yeah, I was going to say. He's the most senior player after Babur. Maybe not in terms of experience, but I'm talking about in in terms of maturity, in terms of status in the team. So he needs to be in his A game uh, in order to sort of bring out the best out of everyone. And yeah, we understand that Shadab is an all-rounder. You know, he's going to get to 8 to 10 overs in the middle and then he's going to come to bat. He's getting spanked 8-10 to 10 overs in the middle. But he's never, he hasn't gotten a chance to bat since uh, Nepal. Not even, actually. Afghanistan last time. Right? He hasn't actually, batted yeah, in, he, this, uh, in this Asia Cup at all. He did. Yeah, he, but he played, I think, three balls three against Nepal. Three balls Debal. against Nepal. Yeah.
0: Where he scooped one ball, then yeah. got pulled. And
1: so, in terms of confidence, what I'm trying to say is, he's playing half of his game and he's getting whipped at it. And his confidence is very low because he doesn't come back to bat because the top order is doing so well or it gets rained out that he doesn't come, he doesn't have time to redeem himself. And that that frustration is showing in his bowling. He needs to step down. Not step down as in, like, get out of the team, but calm down, I guess. Relax, take a step back, read the situation, and and just go for the basics. Give me a good leg spin, leg break bowl. That's it. That's all I want from him.
0: So either he's not in form, maybe, I hope not, he's carrying an injury because he does not look up to shut-up standards. Uh, and this is very concerning because... I think the Pakistan Pace Trio is taking a lot of the burden of, the, of taking wickets and, and bowling fast. And it's just natural that they're not going to step up every single match. It's just not humanly possible. So, like, imagine a game where Nassim, Shaheen are going for runs. Harris is maybe getting one or two wickets. And on top of that, Shadab and Nawaz are not informed. So You're going to get whipped for 350. It's going to be 350.
1: Easy 350.
0: And... and um, yeah, and then I wanted to come to the next part where uh, we were just talking about Fokker's form, but uh, we even saw FT ball a few overs. So if you look good, last game I think like Alghasalmon, Salmanliaga was our, our fifth bowler, and in this game we have the bowling five overs, twenty runs, one wicket.
1: You know what? I love the fact that Babur has those options to go to. Like we, we're talking about quote unquote stock bowlers, fine, whatever. But we have so many of them. Like okay, you get the first three bowlers get thirty each, right? Ten each, thirty overs there. The last 20, you can play around with. You have four bowlers who can bowl you 20 in the last, you know, whenever you need them. You got Ifti, you got Sabana Liaga, you got Fahim Ashraf, and you got Shadaab. You Whoever is having a bad day can be recouped for. That is an asset for Babarazam. Azam. Like we were just talking about, let's say if the top three don't perform one game, they get whipped. We got four more bowlers that can step up, who may have a day, who can stop runs. Ifti is very economical right? Salman Aliaga was also very economical. Today, he had a rough day, got a ele- shot for 11 in the first over, that the only over that he bowled. But when he needs to be, he can be economical. Shady on a good day will give you wickets. Even if he goes for 40 in eight, he'll give you a couple, right? That's what you need. That's what we wanted from Harris as well. So to be Babar Azam right now is to- is a blessing. I mean, to be Babar Azam anyways is a blessing, but to be Babar Azam with these bowling options, I think you have a lot of variety. It's just the way that he wants to use them.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then Pakistan was chasing 194. because um, N- N- Naseem Shah hardest stroke came back, took some wickets. Uh, there was also an injury scare for Naseem Shah. He was diving to a of Ball and it felt like he almost injured his shoulder. He wasn't moving.
1: He was it's on the very scary. He was on the boundary pad, not moving, and that was that was scary.
0: Cause again, we're talking about like who is in the backup for Pakistan. Like, if any one of these three ballers, God forbid, get injured, who do we have as a like for like replacement? You do not have anybody who even comes close. Or you have Dahani, maybe you have Asnain. Um, I don't know what's going to happen if anybody gets injured. I hope not. I hope this trio keeps playing for the next many years to come. But for a fast bowler, injuries are part and parcel of the game. And with such heavy travel fatigue, I it may be around the corner. I hope not. I hope not. But
1: um, I mean, we were we were plagued by this just last year. Yeah. Like, are we forgetting that the final? I'm not saying that if Shaheen was 100% fit, we would have 100% won it, but you give yourself a chance, right? But just the, the way our Pakistan fast bowlers, this is
0: revolutionizing. That the way that they throw around their bodies when they're fielding. Uh, exactly how Shaheen got injured when he was got injured the first time in Sri Lanka in the Test Series. Exactly how he got re-injured in the, game, in the final against England. Um, and then, yeah, just Naseem today, and it was a close call. I would say maybe like go easy on the dives,
1: guys. But is that really how they're going to manage it? Like, I was hearing uh, CBA, again, uh, Arslan Asi, talk about it. Lots of shout-out to Arslan Asi. People, lots of cross-pollination with Arslan's fans. So, if you're a CBA army guy, so are we, 100%. But he was talking about it in his video. Like, you know, just don't dive. But is that not, like, against the sportsman spirit? Kind of. Like, you can't just not, not give your 100% on the field. That's what you're built for. That's what you train for. If you just stop giving a 100% because you want to protect your overs, then... I don't know, man. That's what we do in our league games in Canada. I know, you know what I mean? Like there, there was this one bowl that I was bowling. The only game I played in Canada this season. I was bowling and I got hit straight. Like it was coming chest high right here. If I wanted to, I could have given it a little bit of a touch. Maybe I could have, maybe you would have stuck in my hand, but I didn't do it because I was. this is my bowling finger. This is my bowling arm. If anything happens, I'm done for the season. Like that's what we do in amateur village cricket. You can't expect that's that from That's what you do.
0: I have a broken pinky because I was taking a catch on the boundary and I went for the catch. So crazy. give you 100%, guys. I mean, that,
1: that, that's what happens. You're a pure example of giving too much for a small cause. Like, if, if, if um, Nasim gets injured during a Super 4 Pakistan-Bangladesh game in Lahore, is it worth it?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, because the consequences... Consequences are you're out of the World Cup. You're the World Cup. In, your, in Pakistan team, the country is without their main strike bowler. So there is a, a cost to pay when you are making these dives. I would just say, give it your 100%. Don't give it your 110%. Because these guys are like diving and
1: flying around, man. That's a very good way to put it. Give your 100%, but don't give your 110%. I like that. I yeah. like that. Try uh, our best, but just, it's okay if it goes away. Going, take, take the wicket next door. That's it. Going next to the chase.
0: Pakistan was chasing 194. Fakhar someone has a good start scores 20, out again. This is his eighth score, eighth innings after the century score against New Zealand where he has not scored a 50. Um, he has scored 91 runs in the last eight innings. Is this a point of concern now?
1: Yes, it is a point of concern now. I, I, I think it is. Eight innings is a long time without... Uh, not even a forty score, I believe. Like thirty three is his highest. Thirty three is his highest, and even that thirty three we we're talking about was shaky. Or was a shaky thirty three. Was it against Nepal? Uh, I think so. Maybe against Afghanistan. One of the two. Shaky thirty three. Wasn't look. Like, he was still not looking his best. Um, it's the similar thing that I was talking about, Shadab previously. Is the same thing that's probably happening with Fakhar. He needs a talking to, but not like the way that I'm talking. Like not a strict talking to. Like he needs to be t- sat down. Uh, whatever pressures he's feeling, whatever thoughts he's having relieved of those burdens and let him go freely into the, into the free. Um, eight innings is a long, it's a long time. And the thing with the bad form is that bad form stocks up, right? It doesn't just go away. Uh, it sort of compounds and you need, you need just that one big innings for it. To just, it was like, it, it turns into like, it was never there. It's like pixie dust. It's gone. But in order to get that big innings, you need a lot of support from your, from your staff, from your team, from your captain. And not to say that he's not having that support. It's just that maybe it's not really connecting through to him. Like he was in the GT20. He looked great here when he was playing here. And it's just that somehow national duty is sort of wearing on him. And it's tough because if this continues in the Asia Cup, there will have to be a conversation to be had on who opens in the World Cup. Is Mohammed Harris ready to take on Fakir's mantle, if if need be? Because, what, how many games does Pakistan have more in the Asia Cup? Yeah, they have two more Super 4 games and then maybe a final. In the next three games, if Fakir does not perform, that'll be 11 straight innings under 50. Potentially, let's just say, right? We don't want that to happen, but let's see if that's, that is the case. Do you take Fakir Zaman to the World Cup? Those are the questions. Maybe Muhammad Harris has a better shot on coming in, exploding in the first 10, you know, the 90s, the way the Pakistan used to play cricket in the 90s, Afridi and Say Denver, do whatever you can in the first 10, right? Afridi would come in, score 40 off 21 and go away. We, at one point, we had uh, Afridi and Imran your opening. Wild days, bro. Chaos. Chaos chaotic days, yes. And the, that was just like, either you will give you 150 in, in 15, or you'll be like 10 for 2 in, in 4. Whatever the case be, like, maybe that's the sort of risk that you will take up front, and Babur should be mentally ready for that. Whereas a fucker is just like not giving it, then I would rather go with a Muhammad Haris who fails than a fucker who's tried and failed.
0: You know, one thing I wanted to bring up um, mental health in, in the Pakistan camp, in, the, in Pakistan, Southeast Asia in general, um, and, and how tough it is to be a cricketer. We sometimes don't take in how tough it is actually to be a cricketer. Um, we were speaking to Harsh Tucker and he was talking to Muhammad Rizwan, and Rizwan told Harsh that he's been home for 40 days in the last four years combined. So constantly traveling away from home, away from family. Hotel life. Hotel life, right? Just just on, on flights, skipping time zones.
1: Living out of a suitcase.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And uh, if you look at Fakhar's last couple of months, he was here in Canada, the GT20.
1: For a full month almost.
0: Yeah. And then he went. He flew directly to the LPL, Sri Lanka. And then he's been traveling back and forth uh, for the Pakistan team, a series against the Afghanistan, Pakistan camp and then just going to Sri Lanka and Pakistan back and forth because of the traveling. So it's definitely not easy. Um, But but I think Fakhar is the kind of player who you need to continue to back. Fakhar Zaman is the only Pakistan player who has three scores of 150 plus in ODIs. So you know when he gets going, he's going to go big. And he's going to play innings such that he's going to put the match to one side.
1: That's true. But when is that innings going to come? Is it going to come against India? Because against India, if that innings that we're talking about that is bound to come, the law of averages states that it has to come now like at any point. Next three innings, it could be in the Asia Cup, right? Maybe he has a bust super force, goes into the into the uh, final of the Asia Cup, scores a century. We no, don't know. L- like
0: Let's discover the scenario where he does go flop the next three innings and, and he's going out 11 innings with no 50 plus scores, just getting out cheaply, not really capitalizing on his starts. What do you do? Do you put up the Shafiq because he's the backup opener? Do you put up the Shafiq in the World Cup squad in the playing 11 against... Uh, sri lanka and australia
1: i put with harris i just said i just said so
0: but you want to have harris open
1: i want to have harris is he not an opener he opens right but in odis
0: we've been trying him at middle order and i think abdullah shafiq is a proper opener batsman who we have um as a backup for the openers because other open they-
1: but mohammed harris opens but otherwise w- technically not i was what was he doing in the emerging asia was he opening no middle order was he middle order yeah okay, Number so four that or changes five. things. i yeah. thought it was opening because he opens for um zalmi he opens for Zelmi, and he opens for every single league game yeah. league that he plays with. He Except even
0: for if, the Pakistan team, because Bauer and not open.
1: That's a whole other conversation, and I see the spite in your voice. I'm, I don't appreciate it. So we'll have that later on. But um, yes, yeah, so but he opens for like, you know, in GT20, he was opening for Surrey Jaguars. Um, even uh, in LPL, he was opening. So he can open, but I guess you're saying in ODI long formats, he doesn't do that. He's more of a middle, second, third down. Yeah. Okay, then, then yeah, Abdullah Shafiq, 100 he'll be, percent, he'll be great in India. If, that, if it comes to that. But I want to back up a little bit. There's three games left in, those, in the Asia Cup, right? Yeah, uh, barring no uh, weather, you know, no rain. Um, there's three games left. And I do believe in the next three games, Fakhar Zaman is going to show up. May the, that might be a, a strong 50, a 70, 80, whatever. might be a good solid 100 against, you know, Sri Lanka, India, you never know, right? If that's the case, then there's no point in asking or no point in even debating Fakir is going to the World Cup and he should go to the World Cup, right? But here's another scenario. There's a lot of rain coming up in the next couple of weeks in in Colombo especially. This is the form that Fakir is in and he gets all the games to get rained out, which is literally a possibility. I'm not being hyperbolic or anything. All the games get rained out. Fakir doesn't get a chance to even show himself. Because maybe, we don't know, maybe he was he was going to be exceptional against India in the 266 chase a couple of days ago. We don't know that. But if that's the case, then there's still a question mark. Do we still take him to the World Cup? I
0: think, just because of the performance that he's been given in the last four years, five years, ever. I would, I would say ever since he debuted for Pakistan in the Champions Trophy, he deserves to be uh, in the playing 11. He deserves to be in the squad. He's the kind of player where you have to just keep persisting. You know, a uh, it is a bit of scary thinking looking back at the 2019 World Cup Fakhar played all the matches top score was i believe 44 um and he never really got going any of the matches The good thing is we have Imam and Babar in the middle order to sort of you know make up for Fakhar not showing Rezon up Rizwan looks great Rizwan looks in great form but I just I just don't hope I hope that doesn't happen this time like I hope Fakhar does find his groove um it's also because like the pitches that he's playing in are these aren't the most helpful pitches like I think feels like Fakhar likes to play on like hard bouncy pitches where the ball comes onto the bat easy where he can you know, play through the line play his shots. Uh, it's also like the more he's played internationally, the more teams have figured out where to ball to him. Like it's always that like fourth stump line going across the angle where he tends to nick it and or play, play dog balls. Don't give him width and he, he won't be able to pull you or smack you uh, in, in the offside. So as a cricketer, you have to keep upgrading yourself, keep working on your weaknesses. Um, So I hope Fakhar does come back because he's a critical part of this Pakistan team. Just thinking about it, like Fakhar is not in form, Shadab is not at his bowling best and we are still winning matches. So imagine when these two guys come in form and Pakistan actually starts peaking. That would be a dangerous Pakistan team.
1: I also think like Fakhar, if you look at the way that he's gotten out in the past eight innings, maybe two or three of those innings, he really got a good ball and he just didn't know what to do with it. But most of those innings, he was just throwing his wicket away, man slashing at balls that are going way off, you know, uh, smacking it straight up top edges. Like a lot of these wickets, he could have restrained himself from, especially now that he's been in the squad for about, what, five, six years now. Like he should. But know. that won't be fun no, then. No, but like you still got.
0: That's I, like saying, the please go and play, take the singles and doubles. And yo, block, but
1: You know what? When he used to do that, he used to be a lethal player. I was watching some of the early 2000 Pakistan matches. And when Afridi used to play sensibly, and there are innings when he played sensibly, well, he had a solid, punchy cover drive. Like, he could bypass by fielders. And there's nothing wrong with that. If Fucker comes in and with that attitude, that, you know what, I'm going to stay. Because he's playing, even today he played 30 balls for 20, right? that's I don't mind 30 balls for 20. But then turn those 30 balls to 20 into 60 balls to 50, 80 balls to 100. Give me that. That's what Bobber does, pacing his innings, right? I feel like before Fucker can really pace his innings, he throws his wicket away. And that's where I think the the mental fortitude comes in, which you were talking about, the mental health situation. Um, we were talking to Azim Khan about this and, you know, Azeem gets bullied a lot on social media, on on just in in person as well. When, when when he's playing for XYZ team, he gets bullied a lot. There is no infrastructure in place in the PCB for that kind of, handling that kind of pressure. Um, if Babur... Azim
0: Khan's therapist is surprising with
1: I mean, it's a great therapist, but like, He's not certified. You know, there needs to be somebody, but we've been this is a longer message, a long, longer podcast, but PCB having a um not just PCB I would say like the ICC sort of mandating this would be nice cuz I mean, ICC mandates physiotherapists, right? You get hit in the head with in the ball, you the match stops so that you get a concussion test. What about mental health, bro? That thing that thing is it's true like that stuff really affects cricketers especially when they're in these modern day cricket which is this hectic? It's gruesome. It's over and over and over again. You need a break. You need someone to talk to that is is partial, uh, sorry, impartial. I should say that can help you out. And I think if somebody in the camp can do that for Fakher, doesn't have to be certified right now. But if somebody can do that, then you'll see Fakher a brand new man. We've seen Ben Stokes take a break from cricket because of his mental health. We've seen Virat Kohli. Glenn Maxwell took a break. Virat Kohli took a break. We were just talking about this. He took a break from cricket. He said, "I didn't, I didn't not touch a bat for 30 days." Straight. first time in his entire life
0: but at the same time they're Ben Stokes brought Goldie, Glenn Maxwell like Fakhar Zaman if he, if he takes a one month break if Abdullah Shafiq scores runs people are going to forget about Fakhar Zaman You people like, going well, to Abdullah's playing ball let's just keep him there so there's that bit of insecurity in the Pakistan camp and typically if you're not a huge name in, in the game of cricket you'll always have that uncertainty like is Fakhar
1: not a huge name in Pakistan cricket? I
0: think he is I think he fits into uh, the 11 for every format maybe even Test as well
1: Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's a, that's I think this is getting problem. a
0: bit too long. Let's move on to Fakhat uh, chase. So, Fakhat gets out early. Um, I wanted to have some appreciation for the Bangladeshi bowlers. I thought Bangladesh has a really good bowling attack right now. Three bowlers, <laughs> um, everybody who balls 135, 140 plus, they can swing the ball. We saw Shoryful swinging the ball light, left, right, center, uh, set up. Fakhar perfectly, two or three out swingers, one nip ball, nip back off middle stomp, got plumb of Um, And even Tuskeen, is one of my favorite bowlers in the world. Just I love his smooth action. It's a whippy run up um, and his delivery stride. Um, And also this new guy, Hassan Mahmoud. So also has a very clean action. Saw him last time Um, in the Tri-Series against New Zealand, the Pakistan had, last year before the World Cup. Um, oh yeah. And and this is a good bowling attack from Bangladesh. It's, it's young, the up and coming um, and they're without a Mustafiz. So add a Mustafiz or Rahman in this bowling attack, and it'll be even more quality, plus Shakiba as your spinner, Mehdi Hassan as your spinner. Um, given the right conditions, I think these uh, this can be a good balding attack, and they did trouble Pakistan shortly. At the same time, they got a lot of assistance from the conditions and the pitch. Like, Bob Roussin got a a tough, tough ball. Ball just stayed low, inside edge off of his at the bottom of his bat, gets bowled. Oftentimes, the thing is where it's become such a norm where it becomes headlines when Bob Razum does not score runs that's versus crazy, when right? he does. Um, and that, I think, it's a good thing. It shows how consistent Bobber is. And it's like, if he's scoring 100, it's like, okay, that's just another day at the park. But this, the day he's scoring a 15 or a 20, my God, Bob scoring like single digits. What's going on? He's not scoring a 50. So that's just a standard that he set for himself and for the world to follow. I didn't think Babur got unlucky today.
1: Yeah, Babur definitely. That ball kind of reminded me of, uh, what was it, Mohamed Asif versus Tendulkar in Karachi? Remember that ball? Kind of reminded me of that. Tendulkar also got unlucky there. Um, Yeah, definitely. Stayed low, hit the inside edge, uh, came down and attacked the stumps right after. You can't really do much with that. Uh, You can't really dog Babur for that either. Like He he, he got contact on the ball as well. If it was even an inch higher, it would have been stopped. But, you know, thus this was the situation. Thus was the state of affairs with the pitch in Lahore. Um, Bobber looks fine to me, to be honest. There's nothing to worry about. I also think one thing that is missing from Bobber is uh, Arsenal. Or not Arsenal, but, like, you know, the, the pin that he has not pinned yet on his shirt is having a big score against India. He has a high score. He has his 49, I believe. Not even a 50. So, it's about time. In ODIs, I'm talking about and People are going to be like, oh, he scored 152 for 0. I remember that. I was there. But I'm talking about an ODI. People have been sort of, since the Asia Cup has started, since the Pakistan-Afghanistan series has started, and concurrently, the T20s that are going on with um, England, New Zealand, and Australia and South Africa, people have sort of come around the idea that ODI is the most complete form of cricket. It is. It gets you the T20 blast, and it gets you the, the stability that test cricket has. Because, as we said previously, Pakistan has played two games where they had the opponent... Under 70 runs for four wickets, and the opponent was able to come out and rebuild their innings and, and give a respectable total on board that their ballers could believe in themselves to defend. No other form of cricket can can do that to you. Like if you're 40 for four in six overs in the T20, you're done. You're not gonna make. You're hardly gonna make a hundred, right? Um, and in in Test cricket, you might be 40 for four, and you might go on and make a double hundred, but it's gonna take you two days. So people are sort of coming around and realizing this and, it, and it's fun to see that people that it's like a whole whole generation is sort of waking up to the fact that hey maybe this is this, there's something here and you know we weren't idiots for playing this game for the past 40 years
0: that's exactly what Rod williams mentioned in one of his interviews to star sports he's like he loves the odi format because it's the most complete format it, it there's a bit of a t20 there's a bit of test and there's tests of your technique how you accelerate how you play the new ball so yeah and me and
1: Virat usually have the same, same opinion
0: love the format but despite Fakhar and Babur not performing we saw Imam and Rizwan step up great partnership um, some were saying they were a bit slow but, but I think Imam did cover up later on same thing with Rizwan Rizwan had requested Babur in a press conference that he wanted to bat at four number four in ODI as that was his preference and looks like Babur has given him the opportunity and now Rizwan is delivering we were talking about it in the uh, I think the Vaglanathon series podcast where we were like Rizwan is going to step up. It's just a matter of time, but it's just a testament to his fitness because he's also, he's, he's keeping 50 overs and then he's batting number four. And if you lose a couple of early wickets, you're like on the field for like 80 overs, 85 overs. So it is a testament how fit uh, Rizwan is.
1: Yeah, but like every time he keeps, like he'll, he'll the team will ball like a stark delivery, good length out of off, you know, somebody will slash at it and miss and he'll hit his gloves and he'll pretend like he's just, Broke his arm. Like, what's all that about? (laughs) This guy just yo Nasim's ball wobbles after it.
0: it Miss it goes past the batsman. If you ever noticed, like he'll ball. What does that mean? Can you explain that to me? So essentially, so typically the ball swings in the air, it pitches, and then it goes straight to the keeper. His ball swings in the air, pitches, and it swings again after pitching behind the batsman to the keeper. So that's hard to keep. It's almost like keeping in England where the Duke's ball is because the Duke's ball wobbles around all day long. Doesn't matter where it is after pitching in the air, um, which just makes it so much tougher to to keep. And also, he's bowling at 140 plus um, yeah. kilometers, right? So anything that hits his fingers, not straight into his, his palm, is going to really hurt his fingers. Um, but there's I, a lot of padding in there, bro. I think we were talking to, was it Haris or Ozum, where they were showing us their fingers and they're like, this is because we're keepers. Haris, Haris right? So,
1: um, he was like I don't, I don't really enjoy keeping because this is what happens to your fingers yeah yeah it was Haris Haris was showing us his fingers and they were all crooked and he was like you go see Azam's fingers go see Sarfraz's fingers go see Rizvan's fingers they're messed up and you know what um, literally a few hours later I shook hands with Rizvan in the lobby and his fingers are all messed up like they're all like weirded yeah. yeah. out
0: that's the price you pay for being a keeper against uh, quality blocks and bowlers. there's a conversation happening on, on the internet where people are saying Black Islam played slowly uh, because they were in a position to win by a big margin, which they did. But they could have won by an even larger margin to sort of get ahead of the net run rate because there is a lot of rain coming up. And if Pakistan had chased it down earlier with, you know, maybe eight wickets in hand, nine
1: wickets in hand, they would have had a huge bump to the net run rate. Did you feel like Pakistan played slowly? I did feel like Pakistan played slowly, but not as slowly as people are trying to make it look like. Like this game was not won, won on the 50th over. Was won on like the thirty eighth over. So we're what are we really picking at nuts? here? And the um, the, the run rate right now, Pakistan has is plus one point five, which is great. Like yeah, Pakistan had a plus four net run rate in the group stages because they beat New Zealand. They beat Nepal for, by two hundred thirty eight runs. That's not going to happen all the time. Bangladesh is a formidable side. People keep, especially Pakistanis, because we've sort of beaten Bangladesh in situations where Bangladesh should have won. And we sort of snatched victory from their jaws. People just think that Bangladesh is just any other team. This is a formidable side. They beat India 2-1 in in a series. They beat Pakistan 3-0 in a series um, recently, like a few years ago. So people do write Bangladesh off like that. But, you know, I think think that was fine. I think Pakistan is going to make it through to the final. Does anybody have any other opinions on this? Because if you do, you are completely wrong. There's no way Pakistan is not making it to the final.
0: Yeah. I think uh, so. They face India next. If you're just looking ahead on Sunday, um, in Colombo, forecast does show a lot of rain, and then Pakistan plays Sri Lanka on the Thursday again in Colombo. So the, the Asia Cup, I think, everything is now going to happen in Colombo. So everyone's going to Colombo now. Um, there is a chartered flight uh, that is leaving, probably already left.
1: All of them were in one flight, right? Yeah.
0: So it's a charter flight by the PCB going to Colombo, um, and the the forecast doesn't look good. I have there, a question. There's rain every day. We might see reduced rewards. We might not see games. Um, and this is going to be a huge blow for the broadcasters. That's where everybody makes money. Ads, Star Sports, rights. Um,
1: Yari Sports informed me that it's 30 lakh rupees for 30 seconds of ad space.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: imagine math.
0: that ad space is already sold. So it's just a matter of having the match and, and actually redeeming uh, that money. So for the games not to happen here, it's going to be a huge loss you know, for the fans and for the the money and broadcasting point of view.
1: I have a question for you. So a charter flight flew from Lahore to um, to Colombo, right? What, six hour flight about? Yeah. Five, six hour flight. There's only so many business class seats. Who got the business class seats, you think? Those are about 15, three teams, 45 people in teams plus staff. So we're looking at about 60 to 70 people in that flight. There's only about 30 uh, first class seats who gets first class bro that's a good question
0: uh, <laughs> I think it depends on the team and the management <coughs> the same thing happened to the Indian team I think they were traveling it was some tour and I heard Bharat Kuli say that the players had given up their business class seats for the fast bowlers because they're the ones bowling long spells and like you know really putting their mind body and heart into every single ball Um, so I think they, they gave their business class seats to Ishan Sharma Bhuvneesh Kumar Muhammad Chami So, they can have more relaxing time on the flight. So, I'm not sure if Pakistan will do the same. I would have given my um, business class seat to somebody like a Shaheen or a Harris, bro. Get some rest. We need you guys.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, you're saying Taskeen and Naseem are sleeping in business class with Barbara and Chakrabra back there. Ding Ludo. (laughs) (laughs) Could be possible. (laughs) Anything else uh, before we wrap this one up? Uh, I think we should actually, you know, because we're in the Super Fours now, we should sort of talk about the whole. Sri Lanka, Afghanistan thing a little bit in the last game.
0: Yeah, crazy. We watched the last few hours, and um, I think there was a miscommunication uh, on the part of the, uh, the, the Afghanistan data team. They weren't able to relay the information that despite when cheap getting out, they could have still been able to chase. Um, so
1: I have a question on that. Shouldn't the match referees be the ones to inform you on all possible situations or is it a team's headache to figure that out?
0: It's, it's tough to say. I think Duckworth Lewis is something that um, the match referee informs you of. Uh, this data thing is more like a run rate kind of thing. So so teams can hypothetically be like, okay, if we have this many runs and this many overs for this many wickets, what would be our net run rate? Um, we could have we heard everything on the commentary where where they showed us literally a visual of of how of how many runs they need off how many balls for their run rate to go ahead of Sri Lanka and qualify. Um, the sad part was despite of Lanathon trying so hard to chase his in like 30, 37 overs, um, not only did they not qualify, but they also lost the match.
1: That was heartbreaking, man. That was heartbreaking, especially after Rashid's ballistic innings. They know he brought it as close as possible. And he even had a chance, like when uh, Fazil Haq comes in, Dhanun gives him a juicy-ass full toss. Yeah. Like smack that anywhere for six. And he did, he blocked it. So I feel bad for Afghanistan. Afghanistan would have, they sort of have that flavor in their batting or flavor in their team. That whenever they step into a tournament, the tournament sort of alights. I it was so much fun seeing Afghanistan in the 20, 2019 World Cup because they had some really good close games against India, against Pakistan. It was just fun to watch them play. And uh, e- e- even the last Asia Cup was fun because of them being in, in the Super Four. So, uh, you know, uh, tough, uh, well, but- I want to say
0: one thing here. Um, just because the ACC can have more India Pakistan matches, they've made the groups in a weird way. Ideally, this would have been six teams, all in one group. Everybody faces each other once. Top four teams can play playoffs. That I think is a reasonable format. That would give more games to Nepal against Afghanistan, against Bangladesh, against Sri Lanka. You've literally put Nepal in a death pool, right? you They're facing Pakistan and India. They both smash them over, right? Afghanistan, a good team, like you mentioned, uh, they bring a different flavor into the tournament and they've only played two matches and they're all out.
1: I would, I would like what you just said better. Like, give me a top six, right? If if we were to restructure the uh, Asia Cup, this is how we would do it: six teams, one group, one pool, everybody plays everybody. Top four goes into the playoffs. Give me a semifinal. Give me a final. That makes sense, doesn't it?
0: Or just qualifiers, eliminator, qualifier two, final. Like how
1: the the PSL happens. Sure. Yeah, give me that as well. If you want more, that that's a good way to have more boxing day games. Um. But this is just, it's sad. Because Nepal Nepal versus Afghanistan would have been a good game. Nepal versus Bangladesh would have been a good game. Yeah. Even Nepal versus Sri Lanka. There's, there's stuff there that Nepal could have got. Plus, they get more exposure. They play more international cricket. They're on big TVs. Broadcasters are watching. You know, t- certain players get contracts. They can start careers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, again, we can talk about and we will talk about how mismanaged this entire tournament has been. I said it again in one on one podcast previously. This seems like one of those league games that you play in Karachi amongst friends oh you know what you know I can't come to Gulshan to play you come to us in defense oh I can't come to defense you come to like it's kind of like that um not to just say that the ACC uh messing up the Asia Cup but even the World Cup is a little bit underwhelming like it's a month do you remember in 2019 the 2019 World Cup was announced you and I got World Cup tickets in 2018 one year before we got our at least eight months before we had. Pakistan, South Africa, Pakistan, New Zealand tickets. People in BCCI just released four lakh tickets, 400,000 tickets yesterday, a month before the World Cup. Like, what are you talking about? And that's just to say that these are the tickets released. Don't even talk about visa applications. If you're a Pakistani trying to go see the World Cup, can you? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't need to, you know, think about Bro, that. We but You need
0: visas too if you want to go to. Do you really? I think uh, Canadian yeah, citizens need visas they have a this dual citizenship like, where Indians can't, can only hold one passport so if you're on a Canadian passport you probably need a visa to go to India that's insane I'm no immigration lawyer but that's just what I yeah, think
1: that's true if we need a visa that's, that's wild but I don't mind but I'm just saying like but okay Canadians getting visas to India a lot more likely than a Pakistani getting visas to India right yeah. that's just life right now so all of these things are up in the air I don't know man I feel like the Sena countries host tournaments a lot better um I would have actually liked to see I'd like to have seen Pakistan actually try and host this whole thing together and see how it happened maybe it would have been fun the crowds are great you know like even today was a full house and there were people at the Afghanistan uh, Sri Lanka game yesterday that was fun too like there was a good 50 60 percent um of the capacity full and you know as as it gets more cooler into the evening people tend to show up so like I would have loved to seen that 2025 Champions trophy is still slated to be in Pakistan if that happens I hope this is a lot more managed than than this has been because honestly it's been a shame like we we have had experiences with the ICC we have gone and seen matches we have booked tickets we've booked um hotels Airbnbs all that stuff in different cities in the UK and I've gone and seen matches with no hindrances no hindrances at all our tickets were mailed to us at home. Do you remember that? I remember that. That was so cool. Like we have ticket stubs in our wallets still because we, that was happened. You, you, What that does is you basically create memorabilia. You can save that. I can show that to my kids. You can show that to your kids whenever. None of that is available right now with the ICC. There's no hype. Like Arslan Nasir keeps talking about this. There's no hype for this World Cup yet. It's a month away. No songs have been released. No promos. That one disgusting ICC promo that was released was just abysmal. Like I don't even want to talk about it. What's going on? I don't know.
0: Good rat to end the podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Backward Point. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please ensure you subscribe. If you're listening to us on any of the audio platforms, please ensure you leave us a rating. That just helps uh, the podcast reach a bigger audience. Um, lots of things in the works. You'll see us here after every podcast box- match
1: um, and hopefully other big news, other big stages. We, we always have-, have the option to emergency pod if we, there's a game that's like, if nigga gets knocked out, there's an emergency pod waiting to happen, right? I'm there.
0: I'm there the night before.
1: Also, uh <laughs> the night before. Excuse me. I just wanted to quickly say people have been noticing that I've been coughing a lot. I've just been a little bit sick. And I apologize if that's been a nuisance for people when they're listening on audio platforms and stuff. So how dare you cough? How dare I cough, right? Um, that being said, there's also an option on YouTube to send super thanks. Um, if you go on if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that there. Um, just click that. You can send us a thanks. That really helps promote the podcast as well as help us like run stuff here behind the scenes it's actually uh quite an expensive operation all of this that you're seeing um so that helps and very very soon i would say in the next few days you'll see a patreon launch news um coming soon so you know people have been asking for that they want exclusive content they want exclusivity between you and i with the fans so if that's something you're interested in keep an eye out it's going to be a couple of tiers and it's going to be great for people who want to engage with us um also if you're on spotify there's an option to subscribe and all that if you want to do that go ahead everything helps every little uh bite helps to feed the feed the beast which is this podcast and uh we're about to cross twelve thousand. thank you very much for that we never thought we'd hit that number you want to talk about that a little bit
0: yeah this is insane actually we never uh thought we would hit like the spin numbers this quickly but yeah just we always felt like this podcast was always good we we were Regardless of if we had gotten the players, if we had gotten distraction or not, we were going to do two years, 100 episodes. um, And then then see what happens. And then see what happens. But yeah, I'm just glad we found the audience. We found uh, the community that we were trying to build for a very long time. And I think uh, it's only going to get better from here on onwards. And I'm just so excited to see where we can take this podcast in the next coming months and years. Stay tuned. There is a lot of good things in the coming. More guests. More high profile names can't disclose much, but uh, yeah, just stay tuned.
1: Thank you very much for following us on this journey and uh, we hope you stick around. Thanks. Cheers.